Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So last week we talked about our brains. We talked about how science is catching up with the Bible. The Bible has always said that Christians can renew their minds. But science used to say that your brain was static, fixed. It couldn't be changed. After about the age of uh, maybe teenage years, the scientists always said your brain cannot be fixed. If you have a brain injury, bad luck, it can't be mended. If you drink too much and you kill a whole lot of brain cells, bad luck, you never get them back. That's what science used to say. However, now science has realized that our, our brains are plastic. Neuroplasticity means brains can be changed and we get new neurons, new brain cells. Every single morning your brain produces a whole bunch of them. But the amazing thing that science is only now discovering is that your mind and your brain are not the same thing. Always in the past, we used to think that our brain was our mind. And, you know, if I'm thinking a thought, well, that's just the thought I'm thinking. If I'm feeling a feeling, that's just what I, I feel. But actually now, scientists are discovering that your mind, which is your personality and your will and your intellect, the real you, you can actually decide. I don't want to think that thought. I don't want to feel that feeling. And scientists have seen the structures in the brain can be changed. Let me just explain to you, when I talk about structures in the brain, scientists have now discovered, and I'm using the work of a lady, a doctor called Caroline Leaf, who's an expert in this field, but many others have also studied this. Uh, scientists have discovered that when you think a thought, so let's just say, I say to you, orange potato. And suddenly a picture, it's a weird picture comes up in your head and you start thinking potatoes. Mmm, smell of potatoes, the taste of, mmm, I wonder what we're having for lunch. All these thoughts start going through your mind. What's happening is, in your brain, little proteins are being formed. When you think a thought, the thought goes into a cell in your brain and it unzips the DNA and chemicals are released and proteins start forming and the little tree, a protein tree, gets grown in your brain and deep in your, in your mind the neurons and the dendrites start forming and a little tree of thought is formed and that has been happening at about 400 billion times a second ever since you were born or even before you were born in the womb all these thoughts have been forming and what happens is trees start to grow they're called the trees of the mind a couple of books have been written by various scientists about this about these trees of dendrites that grow in your brain based on the thought process that you processes that you have and now when you're an adult 99% of your brain activity is in the subconscious area. So you're not aware of it. It's, it's below the, the level of you knowing what's going on. But these trees are still there. And they're active. And when I say to you, orange potato, immediately your brain starts referring back to trees from the past and things that have grown. But if I say to you, wife, marriage, commitment, repentance God loves you all the important things suddenly it starts activating serious trees in your mind and you wonder why you react in a certain way 
You wonder why when, when a preacher preaches about a certain topic, you start to get a little bit angry or antsy or unnerved or, or, or you love it or whatever it is. The reason is there's these trees, these networks, these pathways that have been built in your brain that are actually proteins. There's an actual structure and space in your brain that has been formed through this thinking process again and again. You think over this network again and again and these structures are formed and it causes you to respond in certain ways. And so now in your life, you wonder, why am I living this way? Why do I feel this? Why do I act this way? Why do I struggle with this? Why is this good? Why do I like this? Why am I, a, you know, I like this kind of music, whatever it is, there's neural networks that have been put in your brain over many, many years. And the message that I'm giving today, which comes from the Bible, but is also now what the scientists are saying, is that your mind the real you, you know, when you think about things, you can analyze your thoughts and you can actually control those structures in your brain. And so what the, the doctors do is when a person has a brain injury or when they have a negative thinking pattern, they over a period, they say that it takes about 21 days, you identify the negative thought and you think about it, you bring it up into your conscious mind, the 1% part of your brain, you bring it up, you think about it and you allow the correct thinking to overwrite the error and over a period of 21 days they've seen those trees disappear and be replaced by good trees. Now why do I say good tree versus bad tree? Because this is another amazing thing that scientists have discovered is that negative thoughts and emotions cause a structure in your brain and chemicals to be released that are actually harmful to your body. Your immune system, when you think a bitter thought, you think about that person who did you out of that money and they owe you that money and they shouldn't have taken that money from you and it was wrong of them. And, and you, what happens is chemicals are released and your immune system attacks that tree, that toxic structure in your brain and negative chemicals are released. They're called the molecules of emotion and they flood throughout your whole body and there's little receptors in every cell of your body that pick up these, these chemicals. And so Dr. Leaf says 75 to 98% of all illnesses can be traced back to thought problems, which is a startling st statistic. Things like heart disease, they found an incredible correlation between heart disease and a wrong thinking pattern because the chemicals get released and it gets picked up in the, in the receptors in the heart and various other parts of your body and your body reacts badly and so a lot of diseases are caused by a wrong thinking pattern and what we said last week was that often God will do a supernatural healing in somebody's life They'll come up for prayer or maybe in the middle of a worship service, God's spirit comes and they just get healed instantly of a, of a sickness or a disease and God's power comes in and the arthritis goes away or the, or the eczema or whatever it is, all these different problems, the, the allergies, the asthma, the different things. They, God just heals it instantly, but... God expects you to renew your mind through His Word. And if we don't, if there's been a toxic thinking pattern in our brain that caused the sickness, often what we see is the sickness comes back in a few days' time. And people say, oh, God didn't heal me. He did. 
He healed your physical problem, but the root cause of the problem was a thinking pattern that was wrong. And God says, you, Christian, I love you. I've given you my word. I've given you my spirit and my power. You renew your mind. And then you will see the changes happening in your mind, in your body. And we looked at Proverbs 4, where he says, My son, pay attention to my words. Hide, your, hide my words in your heart. Focus on them. And then you will have life and health to all your flesh if you focus on God's words. So we can see that this process of renewing our minds can actually change our physical health, but also our emotional health. And I've seen it. I'm sure many of you who've been in church for a few years have seen where God, over a period of time, has renewed your thinking, especially about forgiving somebody who's hurt you. Has anybody seen a, a definite change in their life when they forgave somebody? Many of us. I've seen it so many times in my life. I remember as a 16-year-old boy, my mom was drunk, passed out on the couch. Maybe I was 17. Anyway. She was, she was gone. And I had so much bitterness from all the times that she had messed up my life from her drinking. The number of times we'd had birthday parties and she'd embarrassed me by stumbling through into the lounge when all my friends were there. and Just embarrassed me so much. I was so upset. And God had said to me, you need to forgive her. And she was passed out. She wasn't even awake. And I, out of obedience, it wasn't because I felt like forgiving her. I remember kneeling down next to her. I I don't know why I did this, but I was a young Christian. I put my hand on her head and I said, God, I forgive my mom. It was a little simple thing, but I can look back now and I can see the chain of events that changed after that. It was dramatic, the changes in my life, in her life, and in the rest of our family. Why? Because there was a toxic tree in my brain. The physical part of my body had a structure which was linked to the soul, the, the, the mind part of me, which was linked to the spirit realm of God. And when those three line up correctly, power is released and things change. My health changes, my mom's life changes, people in our family are blessed. Why? Because I've changed a thinking pattern. And the idea behind this series that we're doing at the moment, Mind Your Brain, is we just want to talk about, just for about three weeks, maybe four, about this process of your mind is different to your brain. You are not a slave to what's happened to you in the past. Amen? You're not a slave to what you've done in the past. You may have done some terrible things and you live with regret. Oh, if only I hadn't. I should have. I could have. I would have. Oh, if that hadn't happened, if we'd just done that, if that circumstance hadn't occurred, if that person... And you're living in the past. And I want to tell you today, God is a God of miracles. He can renew. And it's an instant event, but then it's a process of about 21 days and maybe more. But the first 21 days is crucial. If you renew a thought, if I say to you, orange potato, and you don't think about orange potatoes again... That thought, a little structure will grow, a little um, protein tree will grow, but in about 24 to 48 hours, it will just collapse and denature and go away into nothing, if you don't think about it again. However, if you think about orange potatoes every day, for the next 21 days, it becomes part of who you are. It's there, it's a structure in your brain that, that's permanent. Are you challenged by this? I'm extremely challenged by this. How many times have we come to church, and I'm speaking to myself, and God has said something to us, 
You know the parable of the sower. The sower sees, sows the seed, which is the word of God. And we hear the word of God and the seed falls on our heart. And we think, wow, that's amazing. And then we go out and we have lunch. And we watch a football match and we watch a movie and we talk to our friend. And we never think about it again. Anyone? <laughs> it's me. What's happened? The little structure is formed. God says, renew your mind. And I do nothing and it goes away. Or else, I get all excited. The, the, the parable of the sower says, some seed falls on shallow soil and it springs up quickly with much enthusiasm, excitement. Yeah, this is the word of God for me. And I read the Bible for three days. But then, oh, this is a bit of a hard job. He says that that seed just shrivels up and dies. That's exactly what we see. The parable of the sower is talking about the trees of your brain. The seed comes in, the Word of God. If you do nothing, it goes away. If you don't continue for more than three or four days, that will go away. You have to keep it going for 21 days. But then the third type of soil, he says that there's weeds growing up with the, with the seed. Do you remember the parable of the sower? He says in some soil, there's weeds growing up. And I want to tell you that every time you hear the Word of God, the chances are extremely high that you will have heard another truth from your parents, from the world, from somewhere that is opposite to what the Word of God says. And so every time I preach or anyone reads the Bible or, or the Word of God is proclaimed, I guarantee you there's another tree in your brain that says the opposite. I say to you, God loves you. And I guarantee you there's a tree in your brain from somewhere in the past which says, God doesn't care. Does God even exist? I say to you, my God will provide for you. He'll supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. And there's at least one other tree in your brain that says, mm, you've got to watch out for yourself. It's up to you to take care of yourself. God, God won't. Remember that story of that guy who didn't get provided for? What about this? Every single time we hear, there's all these other trees. And so part of the process is being intentional in saying, I'm uprooting that old thought and I'm replacing it with the truth. If we just put in the truth, but we don't uproot the wrong trees that have grown in our lives, the Bible, the parable of the sower says that that tree is unfruitful. That seed grows up, but it's choked by all the other thoughts and it's unfruitful. And that's why repentance is such a big deal. Repentance, the actual word repentance in, in the New Testament is metanoia, which means change your mind. Did you know that? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Repentance means I, I identify there's a wrong thought there. I get challenged by a sermon on a Sunday. I think, wow, that's something that I actually don't really live or think or I hadn't heard before. Over the next 21 days, what I need to do is say, Lord, show me what is the wrong thinking that I have been believing. And I start to uproot it. That's called repentance. And I replace it with the truth of God's word. Is this starting to make sense to you? And then the fourth soil is fruitful. It produces a harvest 30, 60, or 100 times what was sown. The, the Word of God produces life and fruit and blessing and, and health to all your flesh, it says. Life and peace, Romans 8 verse 5 says. There's all these blessings that come from God's Word when we allow it to grow. It's a harvest, a bountiful harvest, but it takes time. So first point, your mind is not your brain. When you think a thought, you can 
actually, with your mind, control your brain. And, and that's something we're going to look at a little bit more. Uh, the second thought is it takes 21 days. You know, many of us just want the instant hit, don't we? We want to go up and get somebody to lay hands on us, and it'll change the way we think, it'll change the way we feel, it'll heal us, it'll make us a better Christian, a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, solve all our money problems, solve all of our problems. If I can just get that hit from that one guy, or that powerful miracle, and God says, I'll do that for you, and He has done it. We've seen so many miracles in our lives and in our church life. Instant healing, instant miracles. But if you don't renew your mind, it will not remain. But you can renew your mind. Amen? You can renew your mind. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask us to do an exercise now, just to help us practice this. So please would you just sit comfortably, sit there, and I'm going to show you that your mind is not your brain. First thing I want you to do is, you can close your eyes if you want, but I want you to think about what am I feeling in my body? What sensations am I feeling? Am I feeling any pain? Am I feeling any heat or cold or discomfort or funny feelings? Can I feel the clothes or the chair on me? Or what, what can I feel on my body right now? Just think about that for a second. And what's happening now is your mind is looking at your brain. Your brain is the thing that's sensing that, but your mind is now looking at your brain. Your mind is separate to your brain. Now, I'm wanting you to think, what thoughts and emotions are going through my brain right now? What thoughts and what am I thinking about? What pictures? What feeling? How am I feeling? What's going on in my life? Kind of weird, eh? That's a weird feeling. Now what's happening is your mind, the real you, remember we looked last week at Romans 7, 23, where Paul says, in my mind I want to do God's will, but I find this other law at work in my body that's causing me not to do God's will. What am I going to do? Who will set me free? And then he says, the mind, Romans 8, verse 5, the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Your mind can look at your brain, can look at what you're thinking, can look at what you're feeling, can look at what you're experiencing, and now your mind has the power to control it. Alright, you can stop being in a hypnotic state. I hope you are. I'm never sure if you're actually just praying or asleep. <laughs> Everyone awake? Right, let's go. On the count of three, you will be a good Christian. Okay. Just one more thing about last week. We looked at the story of a man who his life, the toxic trees had taken control of his life to the extent where the devil had come and controlled him with thousands of demons. Jesus crossed a river, a lake, and there was a man who lived in the tombs, in the cemetery. He wore no clothes. He cut himself. He shouted out. He couldn't live in society because his life and his mental processes had been so degraded and the demons had controlled him. But um, Mark chapter 5 Verse 6 says, when the man saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Now that wasn't the demons making him run and worship Jesus. Demons do not worship Jesus. In fact, when these same demons were put into a herd of pigs a little bit later, they ran away from Jesus. So we know that it wasn't the demons that made this man run up and worship Jesus. It doesn't matter how bad the toxic trees or even if the devil has got control of your life, 
You, your mind has the power to choose to run to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to, I want to get this right. And it doesn't matter what you've been told in the past, you have the power to get it right. I want to just look at one quick verse in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, which should come up on the screen. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, which means fleshly, they're not physical things, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So what are strongholds? We have weapons that are mighty in God. You have weapons in your hand, not just brother wonderful up the front. You, God has given you the weapons that are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What are strongholds? Let's see. It says we cast down arguments. That means thinking patterns that have grown up over many years, maybe in your subconscious mind. God is weak. God doesn't heal. God doesn't love you. God doesn't have a good plan for you. You're different from everyone else. Others may get blessed, but you won't. You're a slave to the sin. You're an introvert. You're cursed. You've got problems. Whatever the arguments are, there are thoughts built up in your head over many, many decades. And we have the power to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We have the power to say, what is that thing that I'm thinking? It may seem like a stronghold. It's been with you for so many decades. Can I ever get over this feeling of inferiority, of nervousness, of worry, of, of regret, of fear, whatever it is? Yes, you can. He says that we can um, cast down these high things and we can bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You can bring that thought into captivity. And I'm going to tell you how the process works. You ready? This is it. You find a time every day for 21 days. You set aside a quiet time where you're not going to be disturbed. You're not going to be worried. And most of us, when we hear of quiet time, we think of a time of studying the Bible. And that's part of it. But what I'm talking about now is something separate to just Bible study. You get a quiet time. You calm yourself down. You pray to God. You worship him and what happens is your subconscious gets opened the holy spirit opens your subconscious mind so that you're able to listen to the spirit and you're able to start changing your thoughts then you identify you say lord what are the things in my life that are wrong that i've been thinking that are wrong and try and just do one just pick one thing for 21 days you know normally when we do a sermon series in our church we do it for about three or four weeks because it takes that long to work on one subject so we did wholehearted for, I think it was four weeks. Uh, we did I am for four weeks. We're doing mind your brain for four weeks. The reason is you get a thought and you identify there's a problem. There's a thinking tree in my brain that's wrong. And for that 21 days, you focus on that thought and you say, Lord, what am I thinking? How did this happen? Why do I think this way? What are the arguments and logical things that I've built up in my brain that are different to your word? And then when you've identified it, you say, Lord, I repent. And repent simply means, Lord, I uproot that old tree. It's not true. And I trust your word. Now, this is a big step for people. I've been having some internet arguments recently with people who are Christians who say the Bible cannot be fully trusted anymore. And I just want to say that from 
everything I know of Christianity. If you start tempering, if you no longer trust the Bible, you have nothing to stand on. You have no firm ground at all. It's your opinion, his opinion, their opinion. Which one is right? You don't have something strong to replace the wrong thoughts with. You have to say God's word is God's word. It's not a man's word. It's not some opinion. It's not changeable. It's not partially right. It is God's word. And going along with that is this whole idea that God is Lord. He has the right to tell me what's right and wrong. I don't know, but he knows, and he's Lord of my life. And if you don't have that, if you don't have a firm conviction that God's word is true, you will battle in this whole area because you'll have a negative thought, but you'll put another thought and you'll say, well, is that really right? You have to say, God's word says, and I believe it. These are the weapons that we have to pull down strongholds. And so what, what I do, we've gone through this process, quiet time, identify that, that whole process I, I led you through where you think, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? Let your mind control your brain and you say, that is the toxic tree. That is the wrong thinking that I've been having that might be causing all these other problems in my life. I'm replacing it with God's word. And you find verses in, in the Bible that tell you the truth about that subject. There's many people I can see in our church here today who I've given you a little prescription of verses. And I've said to you, read this every day for three weeks. That's what this is doing. You're finding the verses that apply to the problem that you have. And you're saying, God, I'm putting the truth in. And then the last step after that, it only takes about 10 minutes a day. After that, the last step is action. You've got to start speaking the truth. So some people have a toxic tree of regret. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but I know that there are people here today who think, oh, if only, if only I hadn't taken that job, if only I hadn't done that, if only I hadn't invested in that, if only that person hadn't said or done that, regret, and you let it come out of your mouth. The Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what's in your deep mind because it comes out of your mouth. You're living with regret. What you've got to do, the action point, after you've quietened yourself and replaced the thinking for 21 days, you have to say, I will not say those things anymore. And when you catch yourself saying it, you say, oh, sorry, I won't say if only anymore. I will say, God works all things together for good to me. I will say, even if I sinned or somebody else sinned, God works it for good, for a better outcome. I will be thankful in all circumstances. I will praise God because I'm an overcomer. I'm, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What will separate me from the love of God? I'm more than a conqueror. Do you see what we're doing? You're acting out. You're taking control of the way that you function based on what's happened in that 10 minutes earlier on in the day. And if you do that for 21 days you will have rebuilt a tree in your brain. And I promise you, you will see the difference. And then you do another one, the next 21 days. And another one, the next 21. And we keep doing this for the rest of our lives. And healing happens. Why? Not just because it's a medical scientific fact, because God's Spirit is in it. Only God's Spirit has the power really to change us. But He wants to do it with us. Amen? I want to close by telling you the story of Elijah. Elijah in 1 Kings 18, he was a great man of God, powerful in faith. 
He called down fire from heaven. Miracles happened. He had the faith to say to the evil uh, priests, you guys try and get fire on your sacrifice. I'll get fire on my sacrifice and we'll see whose God is real. He was powerful in faith, wasn't he? I mean, Elijah was an amazing guy. Powerful. He prayed. He saw nothing, just blue sky. And he said, I'm going to pray for rain. And he sent a servant and the servant saw no cloud. And seven times he sent the servant back and said, is there a cloud there? And on the seventh time, the, the, the servant said, there's a tiny cloud in the sky. He says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. This was a man with faith, power. He'd seen the glory and the, the, the manifest presence of God, but he had a toxic tree. Did you know that? In his brain. He had a thinking pattern that was wired into his brain from young, as a young child, which was toxic. And I'm going to show you what happened. And see if you can pick up what this toxic tree was. So right after the event where he's called down fire from heaven, 700 prophets or priests of Baal have been executed by the sword. And the whole of Israel has turned back to God. In 1 Kings 19, it says, Then Ahab, who was the king, told Jezebel, who was his wife. So the king had a wife called Jezebel, who was from another country. Jezebel, the word Jezebel has the name Baal in it. She worshipped Baal, this false god. And she, her job was to get the whole of the nation of Israel to serve Baal. And she was an evil queen, but Ahab had married her, and she controlled the kingdom because she was a, a very controlling, manipulative queen. And it says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Verse 2, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so she sends a, a man to go and tell Elijah from, and the man walks into Elijah's presence and says, Jezebel has sent me. And this is what she says. So let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, after Elijah's amazing powerful work for the Lord just the day before I would have expected him to say God is greater than you Jezebel but listen to this verse 3 and when he saw that he arose and ran for his life when he saw what what did Elijah see it was just a messenger saying, Jezebel says she's going to kill you by this time tomorrow. What did he see? I'll tell you what he saw. A toxic tree in his brain brought vivid images to his mind and he imagined her killing him. Why? He should have had the faith to overcome. There was something in his thinking in his life and I don't know what it was. I don't know how it arose, but he was petrified of this lady queen called Jezebel. And it was probably, and I'm just guessing now, but probably he'd had some bad experience with a manipulative, controlling woman in the past of his life. That's all I can think. And he was petrified. He thought, if she says she's going to do it, she's going to do it. I'm going to die. All the faith and power and miracles of the day before were gone and one little event just caused a flood of emotions and he ran for his life. He runs 40 days into the desert. Um, it's just, he's depressed. It's going terribly. He goes, at, let me read verse 4. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a broom tree. He prayed that he might die 
and said, It is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Can you hear the words that he's saying are coming out of a toxic tree in his heart that something in his past said to you, you'll never be better than your father who was a failure. And he says to God, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. This is a man full of faith, glory, power, but he hasn't renewed his mind. As he lay and slept under a broom tree, an angel touched him and said, arise and eat, and gave him a whole lot of food and water just to strengthen him. Um, Arise and eat, the journey is too great for you. He rose, he ate and he drank. He went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night in that place. Many of us withdraw into a cave because of a toxic thought in our minds. But I want to show you how God was so kind that he showed Elijah the way out. And the word of the Lord came to him when he was in that quiet place. Remember, we've got to cut out all other distractions and just be quiet. Word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? So Elijah said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Again, a wrong thinking. He thinks he's the only one. God is going to tell him a little bit later, there's 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to Baal, but he thinks, I'm the only one left. A wrong thinking in his brain. Uh, God said, go out and stand before the mountain of the Lord. And God comes, uh, a great strong wind tore the mountains, but God was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake came, but God was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but God was not in the fire. After the fire, a still, small voice. Friends, many of us, I, I'm not being harsh with you. I'm just saying, as Christians, we've got into this thing of it's got to be a spectacular, amazing spectacle of power and wonder and might for me to be changed. I want to tell you, sometimes it's the still small voice over 21 days that will heal you. God can do a great thing, and he does. But if you don't change your brain, nothing will change in the long term. So the still small voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous. Da, 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 da. I alone am left. They seek to take my life. The Lord said to him, go return your way. When you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. Elisha, the son of Shaphat, you shall anoint as a prophet in your place. Whoever escapes the sword, all this stuff. And then he says, but I've reserved 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And God basically sets him straight. We don't know exactly what happened next. It seems there's a quiet period in Elijah's life. He appears again several years later and does some great stuff. But I think what was happening is God was renewing his mind. In the still small voice. He'd seen the power. He'd seen the earthquake, the, the light, all the fire and water and wind and all this stuff. But it was the still small voice of renewing his mind that changed him. Can I ask us to stand together? And let's just put ourselves before God right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you created me. Lord, you created my body. Your word says you knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And Lord, you made my brain and you gave me the power and the authority 
to control my brain, to, to disintegrate toxic trees and to grow healthy trees that produce life and health in me. Father God, I want to participate in this process. Lord God, I want to take the seed of your word and plant it deeply in the soil of my heart, nourish it, nurture it, repent of wrong th thoughts, act on it, and see a bountiful harvest in my life, Lord. Lord, I choose to set aside time every single day and to work on these wrong thinking patterns and to replace them with correct thoughts. And Lord God, I thank you in advance for the great things you're going to do in my life. Lord, you're going to show me where my thinking is wrong. Lord, you're going to help me to find the verses of truth that enable me to put the, the thinking right. And Lord God, I give you the glory for the great results that I'm going to see in my life in the days ahead. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.